It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm Philip Bliss, a business visionary and co-host of Toronto's Podcasts, part of the Canada's Podcast Network, your source for great insights from entrepreneurs across Canada. Today, we'd like to introduce you to Michael Corral. Michael leads customer acquisition and operations at Needles and is COO of CoinSmart. He is a sales and marketing expert who has excelled both as an employee and as an entrepreneur. As an account executive with Xerox, Michael gained valuable skills that helped him close deals with small business owners and C-level executives alike. Michael parlayed his experience at Xerox to establish and lead the sales team at an online advertising startup called MenuPalace.com. In his own words on Twitter, he likes long walks on the beach, a glass of champagne, but he fronts that by being an analytics junkie that loves data. So Michael, tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, where you're from, give us the details on your current business or businesses. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for the introduction. I really appreciate that. A little bit about myself. Uh, I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, actually a suburb of Toronto, Thornhill. Uh, for those of you who are listening from uh, Toronto, you don't want to mistake uh, Thornhill from Toronto, very different. Uh, <laughs> born and raised in Toronto, Canada. I am currently uh, a father of three. Um, I have three little boys, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a three-month-old. So uh, it's wow. very Nice. Very, very busy in my in my household. So I effectively have you know uh, a couple different families. I have my family at home, but I also have my family uh, at work and at my startup needles.com. For the last four years, we've been helping small business owners, entrepreneurs, and startups alike, you know, do a lot better with Facebook ads. We've been fortunate to you know raise a bunch of capital, um, hire the right people and kind of be at the right place at the right time to offer this software as a service solution to SMBs who really didn't have a solution for them before that. You know, our platform is a simple 100 bucks a month to access the platform and 10% of the ad spend. Um, you answer a few simple questions about your business, and we can create, target, optimize ads, and distribute them on Facebook and Instagram. Prior to, prior to Needles, um, there really wasn't anything out there to service the small business owner if you want to promote your business on, on Facebook. You know, the options really are, you can try to do it yourself. And uh, you know, for a lot of you who are listening to this, uh, you're probably thinking it's extremely challenging. I don't know what to do. Um, I need some help. So you may think of like, okay, I'll go to an agency. Um, but if you go to an agency, they're going to cost way too much. It's two grand a month and 20% of spend. And it's just not really meant for a small business owner. So then you may think, okay, I'll go to another platform. There must be a lot of these automation platforms out there. And to be quite frank, there are, there's a ton of them, but they're all really meant to automate your own knowledge. So if you had that knowledge, that's fantastic. Um, And you can leverage those and that's great. And they'll do well for you. If you know what CTR means and CPM and CPC and frequency rates and positive negative feedback, all that stuff. And you can set up rules by all means, you can, you can use that. But for the vast majority of business owners out there in, in North America or even globally, they don't know all that stuff and they wanted a solution to make it super simple to advertise on Facebook and Instagram. And that's what we've done. We have over, uh, over a thousand customers. 
you know, uh, a great group of guys and gals in Toronto, an office at College in Spadina, and excited about where we can go moving forward. I'm interested to know, you know, moving away from the product, because I want to kind of get that experience as an entrepreneur. What was your stop moment when you decided, I want to become an entrepreneur? You know what? Like, I've always been, um, my father, he's in real estate, uh, and he was in real estate for, you know, for, for as long as I've known him. And that's fairly entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial in, in itself, right? You're kind of running your own business, you know, so that's that sort of thing. So that's, it was kind of in my blood to start with. But I didn't start off as an entrepreneur. I, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, I had a job at Xerox. Then I worked at uh, MenuPalace.com, which was a startup, but it wasn't. It wasn't mine. You know, in university, I kind of dabbled in entrepreneurship. Um, I ran a um, a window cleaning business um, locally in, in Toronto. So that was, you know, that that was a lot of that was a lot of fun, and I learned I learned a lot there. But I never really thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur when I started that window cleaning business. It kind of hit me when I was working at Menu Palace, where you know it was a startup, and you know I knew the founders, and I kind of understood what they were doing. And I was like, you know, leading a sales team there. But I thought to myself, I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I don't remember the day, but it was probably sometime in June in 2009, where I said to myself, I just don't want to work for anybody else ever again. Because I think I was, you know, I was making good money, and that was that. That was fine. It was a steady paycheck, and that was also fine too. Like I, I was happy with the money I was making also, but I didn't think I, would, I was able to get to a position where I can say, hey, you know what? I could retire when I'm, you know, 45, 50 and kind of live my own, live my own life and do what I want to do. If I'm working for somebody else, like that's never going to happen. So, you know, I, I quit my job at Menu Palace. I, I went traveling for a couple of months over in Europe. And then I came back and met up with my two actually childhood friends Jeremy and Justin, um, mm-hmm. who I met at summer camp out in Nova Scotia, camp called Camp Kadima. Um, we met when we were 14 years old, and they were doing some things online at the time in 2009, and they needed some help with a couple of their businesses. So I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll start working with them, not for them, right? Um, and we became you know, partners. We ran two companies there. Uh, one was all you can eat internet, which is a web development company. Another one was WeSellYourSite.com, which was a brokerage that was selling high-end web-based businesses. We ran those for a few years um, until we landed upon Needles, where uh, you know I kind of already explained kind of where what we're doing with that right now. So you, you've covered off, you know, that focus where you took you realized you didn't want to work for somebody else and yeah. wanted to work for yourself. I'm, I'm interested, you know, unfortunately, you had a couple of good friends that, were, you know, Justin and I interviewed a little month, month ago now. How do, how do you get the money to, to do this kind of thing? I mean, I think lots of people have great ideas. We all know it takes money to realize things. How do, how do you get the money? I mean, what's your experience? I mean, this is something about passing on experiences. What's your experience on that? Yeah, so for us, the initial businesses that we've started, it didn't really require a lot of initial capital up front. It was more so, you know, like the web development business, you know, we kind of stumbled upon that and people just started saying, you know, hey, like, can you help me build a website? And we said, sure, we'll, we'll do that. We then had to find contractors to go ahead and then build the site, build the sites for us, pay them out that, but we knew we'd get money for the actual job itself. So there was very kind of little investment to start with for the initial couple of businesses. 
and that's maybe not not so true for like uh, all entrepreneurs, but for us, for our first two businesses, it, it very much was so. At the mm-hmm. time, I was living at home, um, so I didn't have like a ton of expenses to, to begin with. I saved up some money in general, like from my from my past past jobs, but I didn't really need all of that because the businesses that we were starting didn't require much of an investment to begin with. We yes. had had an office; it may cost you a couple couple grand a month or something like that. But the initial few clients that we had coming in would more than pay for the office or phone or what you know the basic basic expenses to 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 run a company. With needles, it was very very different. Needles at the time, we knew we needed capital to make that happen, and especially without having any kind of MVP or kind of any anything, it was it's it's hard hard to do that. So we actually we raised capital two different ways with needles, and it's kind of creative. Um, we kind of built like a basic MVP with kind of contacts that we had with um, our development company um, of what we wanted out of needles. And we partnered with a, you know, a colleague of ours in Toronto who had, you know, connections to a bunch of people that could potentially be interested in our product, right? Mm-hmm. So we had a revenue share with him, ran a webinar with him, and he had a list of probably about maybe 15,000 people on his, uh, on his list. We were able to promote our product on that, on that webinar, you know, and sell effectively hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of our product before we even actually had a full, you know, working product, which is cool. And it's not, not everyone can do that, but, you know, we just have had connections to make, to make that happen. And I think every entrepreneur kind of has that, like, mm-hmm. one or two things that can kind of go right for them. And they kind of, you know, work their way in to make something that works. And, you know, we've always been great at solving problems. Um, so that's kind of how started and how we raised capital that way. Initially, just through a friend that uh, had a big list of uh, people who wanted our product. That kind of started the, the company. But then once we kind of get, got that rolling, we went to go raise some capital through an accelerator out in Milwaukee um, called Generator. We raised about a million dollars through uh, this accelerator with some contact with investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a traditional startup route where we raised capital and gave up equi- equity for that. Um, we raised about a million dollars there and probably at another million dollars over the last, uh, the last few years. Okay. So what does a typical day look like for you with, two, as you said, two families How do you, and three young, young ones? How do you maintain the kind of focus that's needed to succeed and, of course, have some fun as well? Sure. It's funny you mentioned what the typical day I'd say there's no there's no typical day. Uh, that's that's my typical day. It's not not the same every single day. You know, today as an example, I'm I'm working from home because I had an appointment in the morning. This is downtown, and I'm working from home and talking on Slack all day. I always try to make time for my family before and after work, so I make sure I get up nice and early when my kids get up, so I can spend some time with them and kind of get a, get ahead of it that sort of sort of thing. And I have to make it home for bedtime as well. By like seven o'clock, I try to make sure I'm home. And if I have work to do after that, you know, then I'll do work again from, you know, yeah. Yeah. eight o'clock onwards. But throughout the day, like at my, you know, if I'm in the office and I'm, and I'm working with them, it's collaborating with my, with my team. It's uh, firefighting. It's coaching the team. It's making sure they're kind of on, on track and really just kind of aiding in, in, their, in their success. And it's different every single day. Some because I'm I'm COO, I you know I'm operations. I have to have my you know my my hands in a bunch of different pots. 
So one day I'd be talking to like the development team and kind of figuring out, you know, what's going on there and solving issues there on the product side. Another day I'd focus on, you know, support issues. Another day I'd help the sales team. Um, some days I do all three. Other days I take, you know, uh, take some time for, you know, uh, self uh, development, right? And, you know, read books or take some courses and stuff like that, attend conferences. So every day is very much different. And I wish I can say I have like a schedule, but the only real schedule is to, you know, wake up with my kids in the morning and put my kids to bed at night if I can. That's a good schedule. That's a good schedule. What are the biggest benefits for you, you know, in terms of being an entrepreneur in Toronto? Why here? I mean, you grew up here, so I guess that's one reason why. But, you know, why Toronto? There's so many places that you, you can do the kind of business that you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, if my, to be perfectly frank, if my friends and family were not in Toronto, I'd actually much rather be somewhere in a warmer climate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't like the cold, um, but I was born and raised here. So I have all my roots here and I'm not really ready to pull, pull those up and move, move on. But in all seriousness, the technology ecosystem in Toronto is growing like gangbusters. And over these last couple of, you know, in the last three to five years, it's now becoming like the next like Silicon Valley. It really, it really is. Uh, I, I agree. People want to come here and work in Toronto. Salaries are fantastic. The, you know, the entrepreneurial minds here are great. They have, we have universities, universities like Waterloo um, and U of T, yeah, you know, all of those, you know, the universities around here are kind of, you know, bringing in incredible talent. And you're seeing people now from the Valley, like Silicon Valley actually come to Toronto because they see more opportunity here. We actually have people on our team right now that came from from there, like, you know, uh, developers from Yahoo, as an example. Uh, shout out to Paolo here if he's listening to this at some point. Uh, <laughs> that's, that certainly happens. Okay. I love Toronto. Is there a place in Toronto or at least close to here where you like to recharge, you know, get inspired? Just think, you know, we all have to do that sometimes. Yeah, I um, every year I take uh, a three-day trip with a, a few friends of mine. Only guys, I've known these guys the last, I'd say, I don't know, 15, 20 years, something like that. We go up to Algonquin Park, you know, just north of, north of the city, about three hours away. Um, it's a camping trip. We go canoeing. We do portaging. We leave our phones in the, in the car. Uh, we just completely, um, you know, un- unplug and just kind of, kind of refocus. That's something that I look forward to every single year. It's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for the last, I'd say, five years or so. And, you know, I hope we do this, you know, moving forward as much as possible. So it's a little out of the way, but uh, it's definitely worth it if if you can. And it's not expensive either. You just go and you you drive up and uh, and the canoe and you're off to the races. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be kind of weird, unique? You know, do you think we're wired differently? Oh, yeah. Like, we're crazy. (laughs) <laughs> like, think, think about it. Like, you have, there's no stability. You work, like, ridiculous hours. You're doing different things every day. It's, the, like, the type of mind that you have to have is, you know, just go, go, go all the time. And if you're not working, then, you know, you may not be able to put food on the table the next day, right? Mm-hmm. So, you just, I, we're definitely wired different. Uh, but in, in, I think in a, in a good way, if you don't have entrepreneurs, then you don't have your your Facebooks, your Ubers, your, you know, all your big unicorns that are out there um, that are changing the world, right? So entrepreneurs are very much needed and we're very, very different. 
I, I love, I love, I love being one. I wouldn't trade it for the world. People always say there's, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, right? And I've been on both sides. Being an entrepreneur is definitely greener. Being an entrepreneur is a, a lot better than kind of having like a, a full, a full-time job just because you have, you know, you have your freedom, right? Even if you're working 70, 80 hours a week, you're doing it because you want to do it, not because you have to do it. I think that's the biggest difference. That mindset is just you're doing it and it's yours. So what books are you reading now or listening to? Can you recommend something that you've either read or listened to that you go, oh. Yeah, so there's a couple things. I'm very like, I I don't read like, you know, typical like self-help books and things like that. But uh, a couple things like I I read, I listen to a couple of podcasts um, and there's a book I have in my office now. um, It's by Gary Vaynerchuk. It's called Ask Gary V. Anybody who's listening to this and they're an entrepreneur, Gary Vee is, you know, fan, fantastic. And it's, the whole book is just about people asking him questions and him answering the questions, right? And they're all about entrepreneurship. Like, you know, how do you start a, how do you start a business or what's the best way to advertise or how do you manage family life and work? Just like yeah. in general, very great book. I also listen to uh, the podcast Mixergy. You know, it's a, it's a great one put on by Andrew Warner. It's similar to this type of podcast also where you interview entrepreneurs and talk about their story. And it's been around for, for years now, but uh, I, list, I listen to that too. And I advise if you're listening to this, listen to that, listen to that one as, as well to get uh, you know, some different perspectives from entrepreneurs too. In business, what is your favorite word, quote, sentence you like to use? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm always like sales focused, I guess. And I know this is kind of cliche, but and it's from a movie and, and all and all of that. But I always want to be closing, so always be closing, regardless of what you're doing. If you're hiring someone and you really want that person, you're trying to close them to you know to get hired. If you want to land a client, you're trying to close them that way. If you're trying to have a meeting just with your own team, you're trying to get to the point in the crux of the meeting, right? So you're always just trying to close, regardless of what you're trying to do. You're always trying to get to that to where you want something to be. So just always be closing no matter what you're doing, whether it's sales or not. So what's your least favorite word or sentence? What, what don't you like to hear? I think when people say they try, right? Like I tried my best. I just, I know it's true. Everyone's trying their best, but don't tell me that. I, I know that. You have to just like keep working at it and show me that, you know, there, there's results at the end of the day. Um, so when people say they try their best, like I know it's obvious and I get, I hear that all the time. It's mm-hmm. kind of pointless. Apart from the sales side, I mean, you've had to pick one or two words to describe yourself. What would they be? And, and why would you choose those two words? Sure. Um, I'd say I'm, I'm very like level-headed and that's simply because like my type of role, you're dealing with so many different types of people and different uh, problems you have to solve and a lot of different personalities. So I try not to let things bother me as much as possible. So I'm like level-headed slash like even keel, that, that sort of thing. And then I guess I'd say I'm passionate. If you're an entrepreneur that's not passionate, then you're probably not an entrepreneur. You're just in it for, for, some, for something else. I'm passionate about building businesses, um, helping people, you know, and making a, a, a life for myself. But what keeps you up at night? It must be something. I mean, I don't know. What keeps me up at night? Yeah. Everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, everything. I don't, I don't sleep all the time. I don't sleep all the time. But uh, it's, it's just like there's always 
fires you got to put out in business, right? So it's, okay, what am I going to put out tomorrow? What's the biggest fire, the biggest challenge that I can face that next day? So when I'm like laying in bed before, you know, before I go to sleep, um, I'm thinking about, okay, what fire can I put out next that'll help my company move, move forward, right? So there's nothing specific, I'd say, that keeps me up. It's more just every day or week or month, there's different fires that I have to put out. And that's what's going to keep me up at night. And it, it depends every day. Here's the question I ask everybody. There's a small tropical island yeah. just off Fiji that has one phone booth no, and no internet. We drop you off there and you won't have a computer or a smartphone or a tablet. You can use the phone booth located there anytime to call the boat and we'll come back and pick you up. How long would you last before you made that call? And what would you do there while you were there? Am I there by myself or with uh, all my loved ones? Well, only by yourself. Oh, I'm by myself. You know what? Uh, I would have to call right away. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right away. At the end of the day, like family is what, what matters. Um, and if I'm not there with them, then like I'm just, you know, I'd feel terrible about it that I'd be on this tropical island. Just you know, are, there, are there any drinks there though? Like is there anything like, is there food and like drink that I can hang out there a little bit? Or is it just straight island it's like survivor style it's your imagination not mine <laughs> no, I, honestly i'd have to uh I'd have to call right away and if my wife's listening to this i think she's like that answer but uh, uh yeah, like that. That, 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 that's a good answer if i would look to be fair though if i didn't have a family i can be there for quite a while and relax and not 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 an issue and my, my business for the most part can run um, it may not move forward that much, but it would be able to run. And yeah. then I'd stay there maybe for a few weeks. <laughs> so have you got any advice that you've received that you could pass on to, to entrepreneurs in Toronto, Ontario and, and Canada? This is a national show. Some gems uh, or a gem that you think is pretty critical to entrepreneurial success? Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's two things. Do something that you're passionate about not just something that you see an opportunity in. You don't do something that you're passionate about, then it's not going to succeed. Like it, it, just, it just won't. If you're passionate about, I don't know, like Kung Fu, right? Maybe make a, you know, a book, a, an ebook series, an educational series around Kung Fu, or maybe like set up a, you know, uh, set up a shop or something like that to teach it. Do something you're passionate about. And also, you know, the, the, biggest, the, the biggest thing is like working smarter, not harder, right? Everyone's talked about like, you know, you have to hustle like 80 hours a week. I really don't believe that. You have to have a balance between family, friends, you know, just like downtime and, and work. If you're working like a solid 50 hours a week, 55 hours a week, you can get the same amount done that that other guy's working at 80 hours a week because you're more focused during that time. You know that you're doing those like, you know, eight, nine, 10 hour days to be able to enjoy yourself afterwards. And typically entrepreneurs, um, you know, they want to start a little bit earlier in their, in their lifetime. They don't want to waste their, their, their 20s and 30s by just working, you know, 80-hour weeks. Um, they want to enjoy themselves and go out to hang out with friends and take vacations and do all that stuff. And I think you still can do that um, and run companies if you're just working a lot smarter than harder. Give yourself some leverage. Hire people around you that can do the tasks that may, may have taken you to the 80, 90 hour work weeks. That's you know? great advice. Great advice, Michael. How can uh, our listeners get hold of you? Uh, and is there anything more you want to add uh, before we kind of call it a day? 
Yeah, sure. So if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me directly at michael at needles.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L at N-E-E-D-L-S dot com. So michael at needles.com. Um, happy to chat with you about business and give some advice, free advice. Go, go for it. I'm happy to, happy to chat. Um, but if, you, if you're listening to this and you have a business, whether it be in Canada or, or the US or, or, or worldwide, come to needles.com, try us out, run some campaigns with us. And uh, I think you'll see um, some amazing success um, when running campaigns through needles.com. Thanks, Michael. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time today to listen to Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters or write a review for us on iTunes. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at canadaspodcast.com. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. I'm Phil Bliss. See you next time.